Hello and welcome to the official podcast of the FAA World Rallycross Championship presented by Monster Energy. I'm Neil Cole, with me is Andrew Coley and Dom Fougere, North American motorsports specialist, expert, commentator extraordinaire. You were the co-commentator. It's great to have you here. Um, so the sun is still up in the sky, blue skies over the famous paddock and pit lane here at the circuit to Barcelona, Catalonia. It's been an extraordinary weekend's racing. Coming up in the podcast, uh, we have interviews with Timur Timozhanov and race winner Matthias Ekstrom. We're actually sat in a little kind of ad hoc, impromptu sofa area that I've constructed just outside Team Peugeot Hansen, who are literally packing up. That's the sound of a zip of the tent uh, being taken apart um, on a very successful weekend for them. Uh, and we'll be talking to Kenneth and Kevin Hansen, the new, new European Rallycross champion, a little bit later. The revs are up already, they're ready to race. Well, let's, let's get to the big topic of the weekend. Uh, first of all, Matthias Ekstrom takes the championship lead and Petter Solberg failed to make the final. Now, that is not championship winning form, is it, Andrew Coley? No, it's not, I suppose. Uh, you know, we, we had... I saw Petter's team earlier tonight. They were having what I call their round table. They're all hidden away. They're usually all out the front. They're out the back in a the tent. They're sitting there, everybody, talking through what they're going to do. And the last time they did this was Turkey, when I think he broke a dry shaft off the start line. And there was a, a, a moment of, OK, what are we going to do? This is slipping away. And I got the impression that that's what the meeting was tonight. So, no, it's not. Petter was a bit upset because the track was a bit wetter for him in one of the qualifying sessions than it was for some of the others. You know, that's Rallycross, they have to keep the dust down. That, that, you know, that argument can go between the teams and the organisers. That's fine. These things happen in motorsport. Yeah, it might have rained. Either way, he had slippery track conditions, so he ended up maybe one row back than he might have been. He ended up caught in the traffic he might not have been in. He says Larson nudged him off, or there was plenty of contact between plenty of drivers in, in different ways. Yeah, he didn't make the final. An extra massively capitalised, extra one. And that's the difference, really, is that the last two weeks where Ekstrom hasn't made the final, Solberg hasn't been able to capitalise on it. So he came here with a five-point lead. By the end of qualifying, it was down to one point. By the end of the event, it was up to ten for in Ekstrom's favour. So it's a good weekend for Ekstrom. Now, Dom, we've come to come to your neck of the woods up in uh, uh, Trois-Rivières last three years. So you've you've really got into the sort of under the skin of this sport um, from a background of all different motorsport, NASCAR, Formula One. Um, what do you think of the standard of driving here and, and Matthias Ekstrom this weekend? And do you think he can go on and win the title? Well, the form he's been showing is obviously championship form. There's a lot of consistency in Matthias' driving. There's a lot of, of tidiness. He doesn't make mistakes and he doesn't put himself in a, in a position where he has to take risks, which could lead to mistakes. So if he's in front, it works well. If he's behind, he will stay in, he will tuck in. And he knows that a rallycross weekend, even though the races are short, the weekend himself is pretty long. You got four heats, you got a semi-final, you got a final, and when you're able to capitalize and not only uh, start with a good car, but make it better towards the weekend, you got you, you can progress quicker than anybody else. And that's where Solberg was the genius 
for the last two years. And I think the Audi team now is into that form where they come in with a very good car and they make it even better by the end of the weekend. And that's why he was able to run the final and being unbothered by anybody behind him. What's interesting for me as well is that, you know, this weekend swung again in terms of form, who's going to do it? You know, on day one, it looks like Timmy Hansen suddenly got this weapon of a Persian underneath him. Day two, Christopherson's like, hello, you know, Q3, Q4, I've smashed it again. You think he's going to do another Loiac? Gets the press conference talking to the guys in there and they're saying, look, there's, you just don't know. There's five or six people who can do it. Tim is Yarnoff driving that semi from the back row to the front row, you know. Would he have had the pace? Could he, if he got past extra in turn one, would he have won the event? So there's so many people who are fast now. It, it, it's just fantastic fun. If you want a measure of the competition in this paddock, you have teams that are not works team, but are renowned to be aligned with manufacturers. We're thinking about here, obviously, Peugeot Hansen, the uh, Extreme team with Audi, uh, Volkswagen Sweden with, with um, uh, Christofferson. But this weekend, the final... There were only one team. There was only one team who had two cars in the final, Team Austria. So it shows that you have all the big teams bringing in only one car in the final. You got Timmerzianov and Romanis that are able to put in the final, and it shows that the form is spread about and that the competition level is unbelievable. And what's fascinating about that is that, of course, those two drivers are drivers with rallycross in their blood. Yep. You know, the other drivers have come from other disciplines. Like while you guys were just talking, Sebastian Loeb's car with a very damaged front end was just being pushed gently back out from under the canopy and covered in a Peugeot um, blanket. And he, you know, has really started to show himself as a as a good rallycross driver, getting his elbows out and, and really fighting. But, you know, even he's struggling. He's kind of getting into the, the semis, P6, P7, and then he and even he can't do it. This weekend, we've had Danny Sordo racing in a cross cart. We've had Nani Roma, Dakar legend. And I'm sure Carlos Sainz is keeping a little eye on rallycross. But they're kind of scared because you can't just drop into this and, and deliver results because even Sebastian Loeb can't. It's got to the point where someone, I don't think, will necessarily, they want laps. You know, they want to have laps in a car because they know the level is high in this championship now. You know, you, you've got to be on your A game massively if you if you want to be able to come here and be competitive. I, I love the fact we've, we haven't had a wild card come and just drop in and go, hey, how's it going? I've just thrashed you all. Now I'm off to do my own championship again. You you come here and, and, and expect, you know, to have to fight even to make it to the final, let alone to take a win. The Shuts the door in his face. Three in a row this year, Hoffenheim, Belgium and the UK. And he's really taking the championship by the throat. I'm at the EKS RX team. The hospitality carpet is just being hoovered before it gets rolled up and probably taken straight to Latvia. I'm within touching distance of the first place trophy from the event here in Barcelona. And sitting next to me is Matthias Ekstrom, the proud owner of that trophy. Matthias, congratulations. Of all the trophies you've won over the years, now that you're in Rallycross and leading the championship, what does that trophy sitting next to me mean to you? For me, this is um, the second most valuable one. Uh, for me, still the very first one. You cannot compare to that one in Hullius in um, 2014. So this is for me the second one, like I said, because this weekend the competition was at a new level. I mean, there were so many guys that had the pace to win. It was so close uh, lap time-wise and in the races. And I always dreamt of, and I still dream of, winning the races, which is hard fought and hard fights, because I have won some races in my life when it all came easy. 
and that's not really the optimum feeling. The optimum feeling is to win the hardest races, the one where everybody are fast, where it's a really hard fight and you have really to give your everything. And this is a weekend like this. And secondly, it was fantastic atmosphere here. We had great weather, great fans. Also, we had a lot of guests to our team. So there were so many small bits and pieces that make this one feel so special. It's interesting you say that because I saw Nico Muller who races in DTM now, but I remember him from Formula Renault 3.5. I've seen, and just here, but while I was waiting, um, Andreas Backward came in. You were talking to Johan Christofferson, um, and of course, Toppy Hakenen is here because he's your teammate. Um, it's a very friendly atmosphere in this paddock, and I know that it's kind of in your family. All the different racing um, that you've done, DTM, Swedish touring cars, bit of V8s, bit of NASCAR, but this really is something that Go, takes you back to your origins of motorsport, I think. Yeah, I mean, I grew up as a, a son to my papa who drove rallycross in the 90s. He also was racing against Kenneth Hansen, Tommy Christofferson. So I know some of these people since ever, and uh, they know me as well. So now we've done it for three years, and we've come quite far. And uh, I haven't said it, but I think most of the people realize that the aim was to be world champions. And there is no secret about this. Since day one, we said we want to win, and that's why we're here. But we will do it with, a, like I said, with a smile on your face, with respect for the competitors, and all the other pieces um, is the re more the ingredients how it should happen. So, just stand alone winning the title without everything else, I think I wouldn't um, feel the same. But we haven't won any title yet. We're still hunting it. So. It's still a lot of hard work left, but for me, it's more a bigger picture that counts than only the sporting side. The sport itself, the paddock, just even in the time that you've been competing in it, has raised to a level. The other garages are cleaner, the circuits are cleaner. We're at a Formula One circuit, so even though there's the dirt, it's actually become slightly more sort of uh, oat cuisine than it might have been when you were growing up in it. And, and that must please you, because then you can maybe see more of a future in it because yours is the cleanest and most impressive hospitality and you know sporting mechanical area in the whole paddock but everyone else is kind of trying to raise themselves to your standard yeah i mean when we came i decided the team will be white and uh, some of the guys said are you crazy rallycross is mud it's dirt and i said yeah but we have to make sure we have enough vacuum cleaners we clean our cars we will be we will have been different from day one and that was also because I think the sport deserves a, a different um, image. Because if you walk in a paddock, it doesn't have to be dirty. Yes, because the gravel on the track doesn't have to, have to be dirty, so you can't come and sit in a, in a launch and enjoy that. So for me, that's the bigger picture. Because uh, for me, premium means real also. Some people understand with premium luxury. But for me, that's something different. So premium for us is to be close, is to see what we're doing, to be open. I mean, dare to show something, dare to give something and try to take care of fans, media, competitors, colleagues, partners, employees, and try to create an atmosphere. So it's quite hard work to do it, but I must say, winning a race when no one is clapping their hands and saying congratulations where is then the value i have had the i say the honor to win a race when the fans just boo 
And that was one of the days when I realized every victory has a price and every win has a value. When I win, I want everybody to say congratulations. I want to have a certain respect. And if I don't achieve it because of bad driving or good luck, whatever, it will never be the perfect win. And I think this is, you, be, you become wiser with years. Because as a young kid, I were not like this. I've crossed every line in the world to behave bad. And I have to, I mean, in one day when I stop my career, probably I will apologize to them if I write the book. Because some of the guys I really run over and had a go on and it's really unfair. But that's also the only way to feel confident to say, I know how it should feel, but sometimes it's nice to know how it shouldn't feel. Because then you appreciate when things run good or you can feel ashamed when they run bad. That's uh, particularly apt because you value fair, a fair fight on the circuit. And also mechanically, you know, your, your approach here is very clinical uh, and, and very clean. But because of that wisdom and you know historically that you've maybe not always been as fair as you could have been so you know either way um, that what's the correct behavior and I think at the moment the title fight with Petter is exemplary on that front yeah and I think that's what it comes with age I mean I were a young wild guy and people who knows me were I were proper wild but I also start to feel now when the young guys come here now today and said oh I got the black flag I got the black flag <clears throat> I mean in a way I some of them, they just take it with a smile. Some feel a bit of shame. But I've also done it. You know, I couldn't... It's like educating kids or education in life. When you're born and you're 15 years old, would you like to know everything? No, you don't. You want to experience it. To have, get the black flag, to get the trophy, to retire with puncture, to have a crash, to do this, to do that. It's all a part of life. And that's why... I have already come to the point in life and I know what I want now. Maybe in a couple of years I say, oh, really? Does really rallycross matter? Should I not be home walking with my dogs, taking care of my kids or just sitting on the sofa? It might happen, I don't know. But today, this means a lot to me to create my dream. I mean, Hansen continues to lead. This young man is a fantastic rallycross driver. He has been imperial all weekend long. goes to the jungle at this for the European Rallycross Championship for Supercars. Lineran has to pass or his championship dream is over. Lineran is in P3. Here we go, he comes around the left-hander. Kevin Hansen takes his fourth win in four events of the European Rallycross Championship and the European Rallycross Champion title with it. Well, from one Swedish man now leading the championship, uh, let's talk to the team boss uh, and a former champion, Kenneth Hansen. It's great to have you sitting here next to your son, who is the next generation of European Rallycross champion. Just a word about that. It feels uh, it's a little strange. You know, I haven't settled it down yet. I mean, we uh, when the GRX, you know, the junior category was finished, we decided and we worked hard to get him into lights cars. And we decided together that it's a three-year deal. You know, we will do this for three years. The problem was that Kevin was too good. So, I mean, it was not realistic to keep him there for three years. So um, we needed to cut it down to two years. So it changed the plans again. Um, this year should have been a learning year. And it 
a little too quick, I think. So, <laughs> so he learned very, very well. And uh, I mean, four wins in a row in the European, that's just something you dream about. Uh, that doesn't happen when you're a rookie, but somehow he handled this very well. He have his brother, so you can ask him how the car was last year. So, uh, yeah, he have done it very good. Kevin, when I spoke to you, as you just won the championship, um, obviously you were full of emotion. And just opening that car door, I was very emotional, just sitting that close to you. Now you've had some time to reflect. Can you put it into words, what it means to you? I think I still can't un understand that I'm the champion. You know, it's been, as, as Dad said, uh, I've grown up in the paddock and I've seen him do all the wins of the European Championship for so many many years and and to do it myself now, finally, uh, after four wins and to wrap it up in the final is something, you know, it's unbelievable and it's it just brought out so many emotions, you know. It's, I've been in the paddock for so long and, and seeing him and Periclan and, you know, I remember I remember exactly Bookstudio final in, I think it was in back in the XORA days, I think maybe 2005, 6, 7, something like that. I remember the final standing on a small roof just by the by the last corner. I remember seeing Michael Jammer crash on the top and uh, I just saw that come through and I know he was going to win the championship. And it's so, it's the same emotion I had then that comes back up now. And You know, to see so many titles that he have taken and uh, that he has been fighting, you know, building the cars at home that we still are doing now, and and to win he winning a European Championship in in our cars, and now I can do the same in Timmy's old car. It's it's just a, a family business, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. It's a brilliant result for you, Kevin. Absolutely amazing. I'm intrigued to know you only passed your driving test earlier this year, and I know when we spoke, you were really nervous about your driving test. What were you more nervous about, taking your driving test for your road license or the European Supercar Championship today? Uh, for sure, the license of the driving. It, it was <laughs> it was nerve-wracking, you know, because then somebody has to judge you, and I had big trouble, you know, driving it because they said I was pushing too much in the, the roundabouts. Push, push, push. Yeah, <laughs> breaking too late, and I was like, no, I'm doing like I used to, but it took a long time to get used to it but yeah it's uh, the driving test was actually really hard uh, every, everybody heard of it apparently that was you know racing in supercars and stuff on, on the driving test place so I think I got an easy guy that went me with me on the right side <laughs> I think I was a bit lucky maybe. Can you compare the feeling you have today as a proud dad with Kevin sitting next to you to any of your victories or your championships how, how different are the emotions and and tell us a little bit about um, what it was like for you being European Rallycross champion compared to now, compared to how big the sport has become? I mean, to be a champion like that, you, you put so much in from yourself uh, into to all the theory, if you say how many races it is. You, you put, uh, and it's like, uh, you know, you build something up and it's a race and it's so much emotion and it's so much uh, focusing. So when it's done and you succeed, you know, it's you're completely empty on Monday. Uh, so and then it's the next one. And, you know, all this all the year you are doing that. It's it takes so much out of you. So when I stopped a little, it was also because it took so much from you. Uh, it was so hard to be so motivated, so into it and have the pressure. Also nice. And now 
I'm in it also because I, it's also the pressure to give him the tools so he can win. I mean, the car, the 208, so it works and so on. So, but it's a different one because you can't you can't really do anything when you are on the side. Of course, you can you can be on the radio and you can help, but that's it. So you need to talk in the paddock. So it's a next step, and uh, it's it's just that it goes up and it's like a explosion when it happens this uh, when you get there with a the trophy and I think tomorrow like I was after my victories you're empty it's just empty because you have put so much in from yourself to this we love seeing the boys race but we all know how many supercar races you've done how many is it 249 so 249 is not a very nice round number <laughs> is it Kenneth? I'm not gonna lie I can't think of anything funnier than you Timmy and Kevin having to go into turn one together and me having to commentate on it is it any chance we're gonna see it I don't know if I agree with you there to have that. I mean, all three of us going into the corner. <laughs> who, who do you reckon to come out first? <laughs> I've been happy. Me, me. <laughs> I've been happy when Timmy and Kevin have been there, and it haven't been a, a crash. Uh, it started in Argentina with that, but um, you know, every year that goes on, it's it's more far away. I was in the race car not so recently. Uh, quite recently and of course I feel also that if I should do it I need some some more laps because they these young guys and so they are really good but if I would come for a race I don't say it's impossible perhaps it will happen if the opportunity is there then I don't want to be there just to be there because I would like to be fighting for it in that case at least to go for the final so um, that's the problem with us Hanses. We are not there just to, to participate. If we do something, we want to win. Well, you heard it here first. There's a possibility we might see Kenneth Hansen in Rallycross again. Very exciting. Um, finally, it, it, just coming up, I'm about to uh, uh, interview Timozhanov. Just a quick word about him and how good it is to see him at sort of maximum attack again. It's a, it's a little strange because we compete with him and of course he's one of our hard competitors. I liked Timur a lot when he was here because it was really fun. We had a lot of laughs. He can be quite hard on some points also and quite strong, but mainly he's, he's a really good guy. And the, the strange thing is that when, when he's succeeding, you feel very warm, very happy. So I'm, I'm, I'm very happy for that he have his success. I'm, he, he deserved to be on the podium today, but that's how it is sometimes. Well, thank you very much, Kenneth, Kevin, congratulations. And uh, here is my chat with Timur Timozhanov. Timur Timozhanov, we can hear the paddock as disassembling around us. You're still in your race overalls and you have a big smile on your face. During the course of recording this podcast, there's been a steward's decision and um, you are now third. Uh, you have a podium. We didn't see you on the podium, which is a shame. Uh, but explain what has happened and how come you've been promoted to a podium. <laughs> I think this is the the tough podiums for me, uh, whatever I get, because uh, that was under the investigation of the stewards' decision, and the race director take one decision, and uh, the team Volkswagen Sweden put a protest for that decision uh, to the stewards. And stewards uh, just uh, listening to me now with my explanation what's happened, and uh, they're taking the clear decision that it's uh, it should be excluded or yeah, for it's difficult. It's uh, quite a strong decision. It's a penalty for Christofferson, but uh, I'm happy with the podium. But you know, it's a little bit different than you are standing on the podium and get the champagne and the, they take get, get immediately the cup. But uh, for me, is uh, that I get it in the end, but uh, not like I want it. 
But it must be nice because you've been at the sharp end, the wrong end of a lot of stewards' decisions this season. So for once, for once, a stewards' decision has gone in your favour. That must mark a, a sea change. Things are going to be different now. Uh, I think you don't see what I done uh, when I was uh, on the par parade with the drivers. Uh, I was sitting in an open car in Cabrillet. And uh, in the end, we're passing the stewards' room. We're passing the race, the race tower. And I was standing like on, the, on my knees and then just asking them, like, please, don't do anything. <laughs> I think that nobody, nobody saw that. <laughs> but now that you've reached a point where you, Timur Timozhanov, are at one with the car, you, you know what it feels like to make it perform how you want it to perform. Latvia, which will be the closest round we have to home, do you believe you can get back in the car at the point that you were in it today and feel the same way and be as quick as you were in the semi and the final? Actually, at the moment, uh, the situation is a little bit different uh, because uh, Latvia is a, it's a, approximately my home home race <laughs> because it's a lot of guys is coming from Russia and my, even my partners and uh, my friends is coming. Uh, the difference will be like uh, because we plan to have the chassis which is, will be the test car, test, test chassis for the next year development. And uh, now we dis we agree with the team, with the boss of the, the with the Max Pucher and uh, with the other guys, uh, with the engineers. We agree that we need to build it now and f check it in uh, race condition. And I will get the new design chassis for the uh, of the project of the ne next year from Latvia race. Uh, it's now it's the guys is working in the workshop on this one. It will be nothing special, different, but uh, we will do maximum what we can now at the moment uh, with this to improve the chassis. It will be different uh, like a little bit on the power because it's uh, different things uh, in. And uh, yeah, first step of the next season, what we plan to do, we're already doing with my car. The team give me a chance to create this car like I want. Uh, and uh, they're working together with me. And uh, we thinking all the, every piece which is of the car is not so strong enough. And they understand that they said that if, the, if any piece of the car will survive from under the Timur, it will be a brilliant piece. It will survive everywhere. Timur, thank you very much and I look forward to seeing you and that new chassis in Latvia. I will cross my fingers that it will be ready and uh, hopefully it will bring my first win. Nice to hear a bit of Timur Timozhanov's personality coming out there. We're still sitting outside uh, Team Peugeot Hansen. It's getting a little bit chilly. Um, Hal Ridge has joined us. Hal, the man with the brain the size of the uh, Hal computer, after which you're named in 2001 a Space Odyssey. You are the Rallycross computer brain. Um, we spoke earlier to Kevin Hansen. Give us a bit of background because you've pretty much followed his career from almost day one, haven't you? He's always been at the front, from Junior Swifts to RX Lights to to supercar in his first season it's incredible what he's achieved really i know there's a massive expectation on him because of his name and his family's history but to do what he's done is stunning and do you know what it is about him why why is he so good it's obviously not just because he's it's in the blood because we could you know i could have grown up in a circus family it doesn't mean i'm good at trapeze kevin's got this ability to drive he when he describes it it's if, as if he's holding the steering wheel with his fingertips and it's as if he's feeling how the car is going and we mock him for doing that, but you know, in Hollius uh, in July, when the conditions were really bad, when it was wet, he didn't lose much time when the conditions were against him because he's able just to feel the grip and feel where the car is all the time. And I think that's a real talent and something that you can't learn, it's just something you have in you. He has moved between different classes and different cars and he's always been quick straight away. So I think he does have an inherent talent. Next up is Latvia. You've been there. Andrew, tell us about it. 
Yeah, me and Hal went there actually with Guy Wilkes as well. We went and did the Lada race last year. That's there. Did you win? No, don't be daft. Um, <laughs> I was doing all right. I was level with Haken and Balmain, and then I spun twice in Q4 nil. Um, it was terrible. All my own fault. I'll get the violins out. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I've been to Bikinieki, the the track which is just outside Riga. This place is wonderful. So it, the airport's one side of the city. It's 20 minutes to the centre. It's 20 minutes from the centre of a major capital of a country to the rallycross track. You know, it's like it's like sticking a rallycross track 20 minutes, you know, outside the centre of London. It would still be in a built-up area. It's this beautiful forest track. It's a Soviet-era racing track. The old chain-link fences are there that spectators were supposed to sit behind. And just in front of them now is the FIA fencing where they've updated the track. You know, it's just this... They've been resurfaced. It's got new curbs, you know, to bring it up to modern-day standards. It's stunning. It goes off through the trees into the woods. The rallycross track's got trees down the middle of it. It reminds me of Finland a few years ago for viewers who followed the championship for a while. They've put so much effort into this track. They, they had two different types of gravel to try. They tested the jumps. They weren't big enough. They're bigger now. It's going to be an absolutely fantastic weekend. I can't wait. On the subject of Latvia, a very good weekend for Yanis Balmanis. Brilliant, yeah. His first final of the season here in Barcelona. He's deserved a final before now, I, I felt. He's had the pace, certainly, and has been unlucky in semifinals, wrong place at wrong time, all that sort of thing. Proved he's had the pace this weekend drove consistently well and he is one of the few drivers that has experience of of the new track in in Riga and that should stand him in great stead for coming into uh, the next round of the championship. Well as Yanis Balmanis's car creeps along the uh, paddock and gets packaged up to go back to Latvia where he's from. Um, final word to you Dom, it's been great working with you this weekend. Um, first of all headline feeling from this weekend going to a World Rallycross event away from Canada. Well, the thing here is that you are at a legendary Formula One venue, but there's a way to make it uh, have the rallycross feeling. And I think that's probably the feeling that I got out of it is that even though we're at a Formula One circuit, rallycross was able to own the place and basically put its uh, its flavor into the place. So that's, that's something that's very nice because we've had great racing and we've had uh, the racing we could expect, you know, Matthias Ekstrom, very methodical, very good, with a 10-point advantage on uh, Petr Solberg. Matthias Ekstrom is in the driver's seat. I don't think it is yet his title to lose. I think Solberg would go fighting him for it. And uh, I would put my money on Solberg if I were a betting man. Dom, thank you very much. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, Hal. I think we've been given the, the hurry up to leave because Suzanne Hansen just gave us a, a big bowl of crisps, a bottle of water, but then took away two chairs and a, and a mat. Uh, so I think we, we really do have to wrap this up. Thanks very much for listening uh, out there. Don't forget to follow everything across hashtag WorldRx. Um, thanks for downloading it. Please share this and rate it if you can. Uh, review it on iTunes or whichever um, platform from which you download it. And of course, if you want to relive this incredible weekend's European Rallycross Championship action and Kevin's emotional championship win at only 18 years old, then check out the URX uh, show on the YouTube channel. But from all of us here in Barcelona, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time in Latvia. Bye con Dios.